1: Surprise, everyone! It's a recruiting hour, and I'm not Ryan Roberts. I'm (laughs) Vince D'Addario. I'm the football analyst here at Irish Breakdown. That's Brian Driscoll. He's the publisher at Irish Breakdown. And yes, don't let your eyes deceive you. It is a recruiting hour, and uh, I'm stepping in to have a little bit of fun, since Ryan is on a well-deserved vacation. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to let him enjoy that vacation, at least for another Few hours, uh, but uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. But no, I'm going to hang out with Brian today. We're going to talk a, a, an amazing month plus five days of recruiting mm. for Notre Dame. Absolutely unbelievable. What is it? Nine commitments, <clears throat> Brian, in the last month. It,
2: really, less than a month, right? Because they're that's true. The first they, one was like though. So. Yeah, exact seventh. Yeah, that's <laughs> Seven. so like they got a commitment on. I think the last commitment of May was I believe Jaden Lamar right and, and cuz he he was from the tw- and we're talking 23 and 24 recruiting
1: right last yes.
2: commitment of the month was Jaden Lamar they got him on on May 26 and then the next commitment they went a whole 12 days without getting a commitment those
1: slackers i mean that's just like a desert and
2: they got Joe uh Joe Odding commit on June 7th and that just started an avalanche and sh- and we've used that word Sean's used that word and in less than a month, they have landed nine commitments. And, and the thing is, too, Sean or Vince, it's not just. It, it, it's like, who am I doing a show with today? Um, it's not just it's all good. The number, it's the quality. You know, what I mean, it's like CJ Carr. Well, let's just go through it, right? So obviously, sure. Joe Otting is, you know, it's not a typical. Oh, gee, let's get fired up about that recruitment. You know, he's a three star, although we really like that kid. But then after that's five star, CJ Carr elijah page who everybody knows how high we are on him jack larson's a top 50 recruit cam williams is a top 200 recruit charles jagasol is a five-star and on three micah bell rico flores are both uh four-star kids micah bell's a top 100 kid and then christian gray's a top 100 kid so june 7th joe odding june 9th cj Carr. june 10th elijah page then there's like a two-week lull right and they go two weeks and then all of a sudden, June 24th, Jack Larson, June 29th, Cam Williams, June 30th, Charles Jagasol, July 1st, Michael Bell, July 3rd, Rico Flores, July 4th, Christian Gray. And we expect more. And that's what we'll get into here as we get yes. go through the show. But man, this is a is a great, this has been a great run uh that Notre Dame has been on. And and you know, Vince, it's if you look back at it, I mean, just from a pure number standpoint it's it's already as good, if not better, than anything they've done, just numbers-wise. Because remember, exactly. June – and so as I, I went back and looked and, like, just stretch of, of commitments, and then not per class, but I've just looked any class. So, you know, whether they got commitments from three different classes in one month, and I just went went and looked and, and kind of did some numbers, and you didn't really start getting early, a lot of early commitments until – You know, as far as like juniors and sophomores, I mean, you were getting summer commitments, but they were more for kids in that class, right? So, like, you go back to Brian Kelly's tenure, uh, June of 2010, four, or so June and July combined, 2010 was four, 2011 was two, 2012 was five, 2013, it was six, and 2014, it was nine. And they got seven commitments in June. But again, the quality is different. Here's some of the names of those commitments. Brandon T. Awesome. Elijah Taylor was kind of highly ranked. Nick Coleman, Micah Treadway. They got Justin Yoon, great kicker. And then Josh Adams and, and Sean Crawford were, were really good pickups. So just a little different type of quality this past month. And then it was eight and 15, eight and 16, six and 17, eight in 2018, eight in 2019, five in 2020, which obviously we understand that was the COVID year. There was sure. a lot of kids visiting, so that was going to tamp the numbers down. Eight, Lash, and then nine. So they've already tied the number for the most in June and July, but they're not done yet. And and I and I fully anticipate them getting at least a couple, one or two more this month. And the news that we reported on our board today doesn't change that. And people right. ask, like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all that actually here at the end. But, man, this run they've been on, Vince, in the last month has been – has been outstanding, and it's the thing I like too. Is it's not just a bunch of Midwestern kids, right? You've got you've got a Midwestern flair. You've got sure. Kansas, you know, see a kid from Michigan. Michigan. You got uh, Cam Williams and Charles Jagosaw from Illinois, but then you got and you we we said Michigan, right? Then you Elijah Page from Arizona, Jack Larson from North Carolina, Michael Bell from Texas, Rico yeah. Flores from from California, and then Christian Gray from Missouri. So that's a big that's a big like you're, you're expanding. So you're getting talent, you're getting numbers and you're meeting needs. That's the other thing is what they've done this last month is coming into the summer Vince. One of the big question marks was quarterback, you know, like the, the, where are we quarterback? Yeah. Uh, They at least got one in 2024 cornerback. Look, there's no corners in the class anymore. Where, where, where they go with, with that they've now filled their cornerback board. And, and so, you know, you look at it, Vince, and it's, it's uh, it's been big offensive line. You know, the, the, we thought they liked where they were, but you kind of came in the summer only with two. Now they're at five, right? You know, so it's uh, it, it's it's been a lot of fun, and and of course it's been impactful, and that's really the big thing, and it's given them a ton of momentum as they kind of head into the offseason. Because like one of the thing's well, when other schools start filling up, Notre Dame's going to fall behind. Well, schools have started to fill up. Ohio State's filling up. Texas is filling up. Sure. And Notre Dame still ranks number one. So, you know, they're, they're going to finish with a very highly ranked class. It's just about at this point in time, it's just how high.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data,
1: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. I heard a stat, I want to say it was today, that from a points basis, the twenty-three class, let's say they get just Jaden Greathouse, for example, it will surpass the point total of any class that Brian Kelly has had since he was at Notre Dame.
2: I don't know if it's any class that he's had. He's right now he only think I think he only has two classes that were higher. Okay. And I don't think that just one of those guys surpasses that, Vince. That's a, a good question. I, what we were saying yesterday was what it would do is it would surpass the class they had last year. Okay. If they just got one player, whether it's yeah, – I mean, and, and really it's – I think it's almost anyone that they get. I think the example right. that we – use there's at the, high numbers they, on the board. Right. I mean, <clears> so <throat> let me just pull up. They got this class calculator real quick. So, I think right now, of, of the guys we're looking at, I think Ronan Hanifan's probably the lowest ranked at this point in time. So, if you look at uh, Notre Dame's team rankings from last year, and we're going off the two, two two four seven composite rankings, last year Notre Dame was at 275. Notre Dame is already above where they were last year. So, the only other class it would be would be 2013. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to see where that class was. So they were 284.77. So if they got Ronan Hannafin, it would not bump them ahead. Let me see what would happen if, for example, they got Jaden Greathouse, although Ronan Hannafin should be ranked much higher. I completely agree with that. But that's a different conversation for a different day. So if they got Jaden Greathouse, yes, it would put them over. Yeah.
1: So That's saying something. I mean, a 12-year tenure for Brian Kelly, and in one year – they're going to do better than every class he's ever had. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm not, that's not a, a a knock. That's just a fact. It's, I'm it's just a, it's, a fact. It's,
2: again, this isn't said to, in context, like uh, to it's take the, a shot at Brian Kelly. The context. Exactly it's right. To, it's to speak to how impressive this class is because exactly. again, last year's class ranked seventh on the two, four, seven composite list. Right. This, and then the 2013 class ranked third, you know I mean? So we're, 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 we're bra- we actually ended up being fifth. It looks like they might've dropped uh, Eddie Vanderdose from that class. okay so i'm looking to see that see if that's actually accurate or not but remember he was originally in the class they were ranked like like third and then they dropped him so it just gives some context to just how well they're doing and again last year's class had 22 players in it uh that 2013 class which they would surpass if they got jane Greathouse, had 23 players in it so it just speaks to the quality that notre dame is getting exactly and and that's that's where we're at so it's been a, a great month. And again, we expect, like I said, there, I, I expect two I'm pretty confident in Okay. this month uh, as far as making a decision this month. There's three that I'm pretty confident in Notre Dame landing. It's just I'm not sure if one of them is actually going to decide and make a com- – well, not decide, but maybe make a public commitment right. this month. He may decide to take his recruitment into the, the fall. So that's kind of where we are. Okay. It's, it's been a – um it's been a fun month. It's
3: been it's a kept great us month, busy. Man. Yes, it's it definitely has. kept us busy.
2: Yes, it and has. you know every Vince and I are constantly talking about, you know, wow, we're gonna get started on uh, team coverage now, and then it's like, well, no, here's this. No, here's that, here's about this recruiting. Recruiting. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, okay, I want to call up Coach Freeman. Like, hey, can y'all chill out for just a couple weeks? We got some <laughs> team preview stuff we got to get to. You know what I mean? Like. I got a magazine I'm trying to put together and y'all keep doing all this recruiting stuff. Like, can you chill out a little bit? With this? <laughs> um, I don't think that'd be received very well.
1: No, I don't uh, think it would either. Nor would
2: I ever make that call. So, right. uh, but it's, it's been a great month Vince and yeah. it's been a busy month and
1: what an exciting yeah. month. It's been a fun yeah. month to be a fan. Right. I yeah. mean, cause normally we're sitting back and we're watching some of those elite guys go to different places and Notre Dame gets the guys that they went after but they weren't taking the big swings going after the big dogs, right? That's, 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 a that's a the point. difference for me, right? Like Quality. you can be happy about what they were getting, you know. but they just weren't in the race for those top guys. Now when they're getting these guys, it's over Ohio state. It's over in Alabama. It's over an LSU. It's over these elite recruiting schools that Notre Dame is winning for. Now they're not going to win all of those battles, right? And we'll, we're obviously going to talk about that here in a little bit, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you can't win the battle if you're not in the battle. And it in the past, it felt like they weren't even in the battle. And and, mm-hmm. and people were okay with that. You know what I mean? Well, we have to shop down a different aisle and and, and all of that excuse making, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now they're shopping down a different aisle and it's right. fun and it's exciting. And when you take those big swings, sometimes you connect right. and you hit that home run. And Notre Dame's hitting a ton of home runs right now.
2: Right. And I think that's the thing, Vince, yeah. is, you know, it, it's one thing to get numbers, Right. I think the point you're you're getting to is then it's another thing to to get quality impact numbers at impact positions. I mean they, they've always loaded up on linemen and tight ends, and there's a lineman tight end impact in this, right? Of in course. the field to this, there's Elijah Page, there's Joe Odding, there's uh Charles Jagasaw's offensive lineman. There, the, the Jack Larson's a tight end. That's four of the nine or those. But there's a quarterback, there's a couple receivers, there's two big time cornerbacks, and those type of things. And so to me, it's it's just being able to hit on those positions at, with elite players that aren't necessarily big time guys. And if you go yeah. back and look over the years, like I went over that, that that nine that they got, the seven they got back in June of 2000, uh, it was June of 2014. Brandon Tiasom was from Indiana. Josh Adamson was from Pennsylvania. Justin Yoon was was from Tennessee. Sean Crawford from Ohio. Elijah Taylor from Ohio. Nick Coleman from Ohio. Ohio. Michael Dutrow is from Illinois. It was strictly Midwestern kids outside right. of the kicker, right? You know right. what I mean. Who was not, from Tennessee, we're not, we're which isn't kicker. No, Justin Yoon was a dude. I mean, I'm, that was I'm a great pickup. You. It was a but huge pickup. Is I agree. Kickers are a little different animal. And Tennessee
1: right? not that far away exactly. from the Midwest. Exactly. I'm sorry, we can it's,
2: get to we can get to Nashville, Vincent, like
1: six hours. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? That's, I'm sorry, that's Midwest to me. I, I sure, it, it, sure, that's tough sure. for me to say South, but right, fair enough, right. So to me, that's
2: uh, that's, I mean, this is the, that's what makes this different is you're getting impact skill players from California, from Texas, from Missouri. Right. Not just a bunch of Illinois Fertile kids recruiting
1: in grand uh, land. Yeah. That they haven't gone after a lot right. in the past. And, and right. I shouldn't say in the past, in the recent past. Right? right. Cause I mean, when Lou Holtz was here, the dogs came out of Texas, you know what I right. mean? Like there was some dudes that came out of Texas. Yeah.
2: Like, and as the as an North example. was always so loaded. Right. And this is what we've talked about in the past. You could get Ricky Waters and Rocket Ismail and Todd Light and Jerome Bettis and, you know, all those great players from the north. But now it's like you've got to travel and it's harder to get those guys. And that's what Notre Dame is filling up on with filling up with right now. Right. And I think that's big time. Right. That's big time. So completely agree. It's been a it's it's. and it's funny; it's all all people who won't talk about those are the ones you miss, right? Like we don't think Notre Dame's going to get eye, and we're talking about how Notre Dame is going through the, one of the best runs I've ever seen. And all people are talking about in the chat is the guy that they're not going to get. You know what I mean?
1: Welcome to being a fan of Notre Dame. Right,
2: right. It's like I don't know. Maybe we could be excited about the fact that right now they're they got the number one ranked class. Nope, it's the one guy they're not going to get. Right. And that's all everybody ever is talking about, which is just hilarious. And I guess that's the nature of it. But (laughs) but the point is, is that that this is a class right now that that is is a foundation. Now, the question moving forward, Vince, at this point in time is, okay. you've had a great month of June and July. You're sitting here at the number one ranked class. Things are looking phenomenal. We think they're going to expand their lead, in my opinion, in the month of July the question then becomes what's the finish, right? How do you close? Mm -hmm. Because as we said, if they, if they just finish where they are with just the kids they get in July and that's it, they're going to have a top five class. If they just land the kids that we think they're going to get in July, it's a top five rankings wise. It's a top five class from filling needs. It's, it's a top five class. Although if you're looking at it more subjectively, I would ding it because they don't have a quarterback right so I would knock it down sure they needed one so I would knock it down it it wouldn't be a top two to three class in my opinion without a quarterback from a rankings points standpoint it could still
1: be a top three class and and to be fair with the way we always talk about recruiting classes right we always talk about how it fits into the current roster and did they meet their needs and all of these different things right a recruiting class without a quarterback doesn't meet the needs I, right. that, I'll just say it, right? It just does not meet it, the need,
2: unless unless you don't necessarily aren't looking for a quarterback in that particular class. Like let's say you've loaded up and you've got a red shirt and all that, and you're just like, you know what? It's not a great quarterback class, and you make the choice to not take a guy. Right. Then I can then I'm not going to ding you for it. But when it's sure. a neat to your point, Vince, it's right. but that's an exception, not the rule. Exactly. And this year it was not an exception. This year's the year they needed a quarterback. So to me, that uh, that. That's kind of the, 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 I'm sorry. Hold on a second, Vince.
1: (laughs) I know what exactly you're doing. You you know, like,
2: Hey, calm down. Right. (laughs) Like we'll get to the stuff you're asking about. Calm down. We're talking about something right here. You know, it's incredibly distracting right now. So, (laughs) uh, geez, Louise. So, so as you, as you look at this, Vince, To me, the close is going to be the key. Absolutely. right. Is as, as you're looking to kind of build a class that can compete for a championship, the close is the key. Right? Like you've closed the gap big time. What you want to make sure that doesn't happen is over the next couple months, they pull back ahead. Mm-hmm. And I think they're in position right now to where this is going to be – if they just finish with the couple kids that we think they're going to get in July – this class is a gap coat closing class no matter what the question now Avoid. is how much more do you want to close it right that's an important part and then the the kind of then really focusing then more and more and more on the 24 class so right now when we talk about the close i'm more focusing on the 23 class right if they get some more 24 guys that's great but sure. right now it's about can you close out on this 2023 class yes and that's going to be the key so that means adding some of the guys that are on the board right now Limiting your losses, we think they're going to lose on a kid. Then, which we'll get to in a little bit, you've got to close at the positions where there are still needs out there, right? And you've got to be able to figure something out at quarterback, and that's going to be the question here moving the forward. Vince, yeah. is can they can they do that? And if they do that, then this is a top three class. And I don't care about the rankings, points, and all that. It's a top three class. If they just finish on the kids, we think they're going to get. Actually, let me just do that here real quick. So I'm just going to quickly add in the guys that I think that they're going to get over the next – I'm not going to say who they are, the guys that I'm – The three pretty, that you
1: the three that you mentioned. Yeah, right? the or guys the, I think they're going to yeah. get. So if you look at that cl- – if you look at
2: them compared to the last few years, that class with just those three kids not adding another single kid, they would have ranked fifth last year. They would have been fifth in 2021. It would be sixth in 2020. It would be third in 2019. It would be fourth in 2018, and it would be sixth in 2017. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, sixth in 2017. So I mean, you're you're kind of getting the point, right? Like top five, top six class. If they don't get anyone, I mean, there's only been one year it hasn't really been there. Uh, fourth in 2016. So you're talking about a four to five class if they don't close on anybody. Right. And then uh third in 2015, I mean, you're, you're getting the point. And the, but the thing is, but you've got to make, you've got an opportunity here to do yes. something, maximize it. Right. Right. That's exactly. the key. It's not, we, I can And so what I just gave you, that's like the spin conversation. Well, if they don't get anybody else, it's still a top five class. That's great. That's great. But you've got an opportunity to take it to an even greater level. yes. And that's the question that the staff
1: has to focus on. And that's what, that's what the fan base wanted. Right. I mean, Notre Dame was right here with recruiting. They were here. Right. And it was, and, and we can talk about, you know, uh, Marcus Freeman with that next step he needs to take with the program, right. Winning that playoff game, et cetera. Well in the recruiting talk and recruiting land, this is the next step. Okay. You got a better class than anything Brian Kelly ever did. But you can do you can take that a whole step further if you want, if you close on some of these kids, which I think is the big deal. I, I think that's what you're saying, right? They mm-hmm. can take that next step and right. they can it can be elite.
2: What I would say is they've taken a step. If they just get the kids we talk about in July, they've taken a step. There's no question about it. It's how big of a step, Vince, to your point. How exactly. big of a step are you going to take? Right. And I think that's where you kind of get into the conversation of, okay, that's what the finish is going to determine. Yes. Have you closed the gap or have you pretty much with one class come as close as you can with one class to erasing it, right? You can't completely erase the gap with just one class. We've talked about that, but you've done everything you possibly could have with this class to close that gap. That's the question. And that's what we're going to get to. And that's what the rest of the show is going to be about before we kind of get to some Q and a. So, we are going to do some questions and answers at the end, yep. so if you do have some questions, put them in and and uh, we'll get to those at the end. But and and I already see some vents that that we'll get to here. But uh, so, want to get a super chat here before we move on? Right. ICURN with Irish luck. Let's get a boys listening while driving from Charlotte to my new contract in the CCU at UVA. I have been up in that area many many times. Safe travels and congrats on the new gig. Yeah, that's Charlottesville. Awesome is a beautiful I like Charlotte, North Carolina a lot. It's a really nice town. At least the parts I've been to. Charlottesville, <laughs> Virginia is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful part of the country. So you will you will enjoy it very very much up there.
1: Awesome. Thanks for the super chat too by yes, the way. Yes,
2: absolutely. So Vince, let's uh let's, let's transition on thing. to the next part. Yeah. Yeah,
1: let's jump into this thing and so we will we're going to go right after what everybody's talking about. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get it out of the way. It's, uh, if you're on the message board, then you have already get an idea of what's what's coming here. But Jason Moore uh, is the next guy we're going to talk about, where he stands with his recruitment, and it does not look good for Notre yeah. Dame.
2: <laughs> I thought about putting out at the end, but I was like, you know what? Let me just get, <clears throat> knock it out first, and I'm so glad I did because yeah, that's know, what everybody's but... losing their minds about in the chat right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm like trying to talk about other things. I'm like, Jason Moore, Jason Moore, Jason Moore. Okay, look, uh, Ryan felt really good about where this stood. I, I felt good about it. I was a little bit more concerned about Ohio State maybe uh, than Ryan was. Penn State was obviously is also very much lurking. And but even going in last week, we both felt Notre Dame was going to be the choice yeah. and just some things that that, that we had gathered. We really felt that Notre Dame was going to be the choice. As of today, it doesn't look like Notre Dame is going to be the choice for Jason Moore. We're not going to get into kind of who he's going to pick. That's We don't just try to not steal the moment of a kid that's going to pick Notre Dame. We're trying to not steal the moment of any kids. So it'll be Jason Moore's decision to announce, but it's going to be, a it's a, it, it as of right now, barring things changing, Notre Dame is not going to get Jason Moore, which is very disappointing because I thought, he was a guy that they were going to get. I mean, I thought that they they were on him on a long time, and it just he just kept putting it off and off and off for understandable reasons. You know, his brother had the injury and all those different type of things. And just in the end, Notre Dame wasn't able to do enough. It's not a situation, Vince, where I have any criticism to throw out. It's not like, man, you should have done this. You should have done that. You know, Al Washington dropped the ball here. The staff dropped the ball. No, it just got beat, right? I mean, they just – and it's going to happen. I think they've done all that they can on him – but he's just going to make another choice, and I think that's sort of where you got to continue to get to, right? Is is where maybe you can get this kind of guy? Sure. But but even then, when Notre Dame, if, you're going to lose. Bamama, some loses
1: kids, you right. know? You're going to lose some of these battles right. when you're when you're swinging so big. You're going to lose, right? Some
2: of them. Right. And this is one, and and I and I don't want to get into the thing where we just dismiss every miss. Ah, not a big deal. Like Mike Teas, that's a loss, but I'm not worried about it. There's nothing they could have done there. He picked Arkansas. You know what I mean? Like. T- he, he turned down USC and Notre Dame to go to Arkansas. Okay, cool. You know, <laughs> right? I mean, what what are you supposed to do about that one, right? This one is you know Jason Moore was looking at some big time programs, and they just got beat. And it's not about like it's not about playing time because the schools he's all the schools he's looking at he's going to have to battle for playing time. Right? It's not about it. Just it just got beat. Right? I mean, simple as that. They got beat. Now, it's a loss because, to me, and there was a debate going on in the chat about it's not an elite offensive defensive line class without Jason Moore. And and I, I don't agree with that. I still think this is an elite defensive line class, Vince. When Devin Houston at, like, 180 is your lowest-ranked defensive lineman out of four, you've got a pretty darn good defensive line class. But then it's about how good is the next three. And Keon Kelly is a consensus five-star recruit. Uh, to me Bubakar Traore is ranked in the top 200 by two different sites I believe Brendan Vernon's ranked in the top 100, or top 100 I believe Brendan Vernon is also ranked in the top 100 by at least two services so you got three top 100 kids in the class at defensive line that's outstanding and if you're in the top 3 or 4 line classes in the country you're going to be an elite class now is it what oh, what Texas A&M did last year no but you need they signed eight guys you know what i mean like you're not going to get there even with Jason Moore it's a, it's an excellent defensive line class. I think it's an elite defensive line class. And the, without question, I think this is the thing we can all agree on. It's without question a gap-closing defensive line class. Maybe it doesn't close it as much as you could have if sure. you also added Jason Moore. Of there's course. no question about that. It, not getting Jason Moore is a blow because him and Keon Keeley are both, to me, incredibly high-ceiling players. Yes. And so there's not going to be any diminishment here of, mm. well, you know, he was – he was this and he was not, he's wrong. No, he was a big time player. But what we have said for a while, even when we thought never was going to him, he was more of a need or more of a want than a need. Sure. We have said that for a long time, but in order to get to where you want to get to, Vince, sometimes you got to get those wants if Absolutely. they're elite players. Sure. And I view Jason Moore as an elite player. I know some don't have him ranked as an elite guy. Uh, he's ranked in like the eighties and nineties by a couple. I don't see it. I, he's a top 50 football player to me. And that's how we graded him. Sure. And 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 mean he's a a top fifty guy even as a raw kid, right? You know what I mean. So like when the rawness gets shaken off, you're talking about a top twenty five football player, in my opinion. So Jason Moore is a big time football player, and it's a loss. Now Notre Dame will keep recruiting him as well. They should. Don't kid yourself. Sure. And the fact that they don't need another defensive lineman, say why not? Now I think that's the question that some people will have: is well, who who you gonna replace him with? I don't think there's necessarily a replacement there. I think when you look at Samuel and Pemba, you know who's who's kind of a guy that will will we'll kind of move him up the list a little bit, Vince, because it okay. does kind of translate here to this conversation. Sure, Samuel and Pemba is not being recruited as a defensive lineman; he's kind of a rover, edge rusher, hybrid type of guy. You know, I think this kind of makes it makes the numbers work a little bit better if you can get Samuel and Pemba. Although right now, I don't think Notre Dame is the leader for Samuel and Pemba anymore. I think Miami and Georgia have really made a strong push for him. I would, if I had to pick today, I'd probably lean towards Miami. But again, Notre Dame's going to get him on campus in in November for a game. And so they're going to keep working on him, keep recruiting him, keep pushing him. And this might actually be something that maybe makes it a little bit easier to get him. Although that's not a trade that I'm saying is a positive. I wanted both. But I'm just saying this may be something that could help you with that. I don't know if it will or not, but you know i think so that would be sort of the 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 commit that you could look at and say that's how maybe you could make make it work as with Pemba, but they were they wanted to take both i don't think they need to go get another 2024 2023 defensive lineman what i would do vince and what I think they're gonna do, unless somebody kind of breaks out and emerges, some other sure. big time player either shows interest Which in Notre can Dame. Happen. I mean, you got sure. a whole senior year sure. of sure. film
1: and everything else. Yeah. Or
2: a big time player decides he still likes Notre Dame. I would keep right. recruiting Jason Moore, for Absolutely. example. I don't think their focus is gonna focus as much on getting a guy to replace Jason Moore in this class. I think more so is so, okay, let's this will be one maybe you push to next year. Right. In in 2024. And obviously that's a loaded 2020-24 class they already have Owen Wafel. they already have Brandon Davis Swain obviously they're still recruiting Eliza Rushing, Nigel Smith, uh, Jay Sean Ross, Justin Scott from Chicago who's a big time player so to me there's a lot of very talented guys in 2024 they've gotten most of those kids all the kids that I just mentioned except for Jay Sean Ross I believe visited Notre Dame this spring or summer. So there's obviously a lot of early interest. I know they like sure. Aiden Breeland, who's a big kid from California. I'm not sure where what his interest level is. But the point is, I, I don't think you need to – you don't need to replace Jason Moore in his class. Number one, you're probably not going to find someone that's better than Jason Moore or as good as Jason Moore other than the guys you already have. Right. So unless you can find a comparable player at a position that is sort of a position of need, right, and I don't think D-line is a need – than I think that you focus on next year. I would rather them focus on Justin Scott and Elijah Rushing and Nigel Smith and Jay Sean Ross and you know all the other kids on the board that that they're after because it's a very impressive 2024 board. And that's why I'd rather see their attention sure. focused on. Because again, there's these aren't a fifth defensive lineman isn't needed. Cause we got to remember they they actually have four defensive linemen from last year as well. Because technically they only signed did three defensive linemen, but, but moved, Josh Burnham yeah, has already they moved, moved Josh, right. Yeah. So you've got Tyson Ford who can play big end or three technique. You've got Diamond Hines who can play nose or three technique. You've got Aiden Gobira, who's a Viper right now, but could potentially grow into a big end. And then you've got Josh Burnham. And the same thing in this class. Keon's the Viper. You've got between Brennan Vernon and and Bubakar Traori. One of them is a big end. The other could play three technique. Devin Houston could play three technique or nose. I I think Brennan Vernon eventually is going to be a kid that can play every position except Viper. When it's all said and done. And, and so they've got a nice combination, a, a nice two years in a row of four. The reason they were taking Jason Moore is simply because he's really good. Yeah. You, and take you don't pass like up that. a kid like exactly. that. Exactly. Right? You
1: take a kid like you right. find room if a kid right. like that wants Where to come into your class. If
2: they- Missed out on let's say they get Ronan Hannafin but don't get Jane Greathouse or get Jaden Greathouse and don't get Ronan Hannifin. They need to go find a fourth. receiver they need four, somewhere. you need four right. because they have to go find a fourth. Receiver. That's a depth
1: right. issue. I mean, that's you, you need
2: right. you don't have a quarterback. Issue. If they don't get Dante right. Moore. they need to find a quarterback. I agree because. They're not in a position where that's a that's not that's not, like if they didn't get Christian Gray. Let's say Christian Gray would have picked LSU yesterday, which he didn't. He picked Notre Dame. I just wanted to say that. Uh, then you would have needed to go find another corner, right? Mm-hmm. The reason Notre Dame didn't take Josiah Wagner because well, that was kind of risky. Micah Bell and, Jay, and Christian Gray both committed during their visits. They right. those were done. But just the point is, if you miss, so this is not necessarily a need. It's right. a want, but right. it was a big time want because sometimes it's the guys you want that also can have the biggest impact on you closing the gap because those wants tend to be really the top level players. Sure,
1: and that's where they need to get to. All right, you said it, so I'm going to go with it because you're the master of the segue these days. You mentioned I didn't do that why, one on purpose. I know, right? It's just it's so natural now. Let's talk about wide receivers. Brian, we had a we had a wide receiver commit over the weekend. I told you you're not getting tomorrow off, man. Stop sucking up. <laughs> I'm sorry, had, I'm just kidding. I'm just I kidding. know. No, we had a wide receiver commit over the weekend. That's two. We know that they need four. You just mentioned yeah. it. You're absolutely correct. They need four. They've got two on the board at the mm-hmm. moment. They need to hit both of them, or they need to go back and they need to figure out somebody else to get.
2: Yeah, and that's Ronan Hannafin and Jaden Greathouse. Jaden Greathouse, absolute yeah. musket <clears throat> players, and yeah, and Notre Dame loves both of them. You know, I've I've done a lot of digging, talking to sources, and and they really want those two kids, like really want those two kids in a big way. The interesting thing is, you know, Ronan Hannafin you could look at as maybe a defensive player, sure, her, but the way that they've put the secondary and the way they're trying to put the linebacker class together, they're not looking at Ronan Hannifin as a defensive player anymore. They're looking at him as a pure wide receiver. At this point in time. Now, again, that doesn't take away the fact he could play defense, but it's just they're not treating him as a as an athlete anymore. They're treating him as a receiver. Right. And the reason we know that is not just what they're doing defensively, but it's also, Vince, what they're doing offensively. They need four receivers. Yes. And as of right now, with Micah Tease going to Arkansas, I don't believe they have any intention of expanding the board. They're going to focus on these two. Right. And it's because they view Ronan Hannafin as a receiver. He's a musket; right. They have to close right. on him. Clemson and Bama, especially Clemson, have done a great job with him. I still like where Notre Dame is at. I feel good about where Notre Dame is at, but they have to close on him. And the same thing is true with Jaden Greathouse. So with Ronan, there is no timeline for his decision. It's right. just when he's ready to figure it out and announce it, he'll do it. You know. So, again, there's still work to be done there. With Jaden Greathouse, I'm actually more confident in that one at this point in time okay the question for him is will he commit during the fall like he said or we commit during the summer and we we've kind of gone back and forth on the show i'm actually at the point now where i i i think he will make a decision sooner rather than later but the key is is they've got to get those two kids and the other part of it is they've got to keep all four of them in the class yes, absolutely that's going to be a big part of it so so there's closing to be done there mm-hmm. And then there's hanging on and starting yeah. to focus. Why you focus on next year?
1: Because we talked about it when, when in the Rico Flores commitment uh, show, that even with the four that they're about to get potentially win the twenty three class, that still only gives them eight scholarship wide receivers for the twenty three season, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> you need four. You can't. You cannot go the twenty three class with three because then you're right back where you started right. from because you're losing three and then you gain three. It's a wash. You're still sitting at seven scholarship wide right. receivers where that ideal number is 10. Right. And right. it's going to take obviously a couple of years to get there, but they need four. You need four. Right. right. And, and, and
2: Michael Johnson asked the question
1: that you asked earlier,
2: Vince, he says, if we don't get either of the two, who was on the board at wide receiver. And, and right now, I mean, that's, that's kind of the question, right? Like, yeah, I think if they missed on one of those two, I think they'd probably turn the heat up on Malik Elsey, who's a good football player, but there's a reason he's not the guy now. Right. I mean, because they just view these guys as better players. So, you know, if Malik Elsey's your fourth receiver in a class Vince, you got a pretty good receiver class. Sure. He's a good football player. Sure. But again, it's about closing the gap even more. And and to me, that is the that is the big thing for me, is like trying to maximize the potential that you can get in this receiver class with with all the things that are kind of leading to to some of the you know, reasons why it maybe isn't going to be as good as you'd like it to or whatever the case may be, but this is this is a really good gap-closing class, there's another level you want to get to, but you've got to start with this foundation. So Ronan Hannafin, again, I, I like where Notre Dame is at, but Clemson and Alabama are still there. They're still battling. Sure. They haven't given that's, up on them yet. That, that's, and, he, uh, and he doesn't yeah. have a decision date. Yeah, Jaden Greathouse, uh, again, it's Texas, it's Oklahoma, it's, it's South Carolina. I know a lot of Notre Dame fans are – Nervous about Texas now that Arch Manning is there. I still very much like where Notre Dame is at on that one. I, I believe he'll commit sooner rather than later, but we'll see how that one plays out. But I, I do like where Notre Dame is at, Vince. But two weeks ago, I liked where Notre Dame was at with Jason Moore as well. So again, they've, they've got to close the deal. And, and this is big for Chansey Stuckey, too, Vince, because not just, you know, look, getting Braylon James was huge, but like that was one that you should have got, right? Like, Absolutely. that's one that we criticized the previous staff of not because he's a. Phenomenal student who was wanted to leave the state and there was he was a natural Notre Dame fit, right? Right. And and obviously you get Rico Flores. You were aided by the fact that Ohio State filled up. Mm -hmm. Maybe they still would have got him if Ohio State didn't fill up, but that was that was who my big concern was all along, right? So to me, these are two guys that aren't. I mean, Ronan Hannafin Mm -hmm. is is a prone to Notre Dame kid. That's another reason why you flat out cannot miss him. You cannot miss him. Jaden Greathouse would be a just a great pickup. So they both, in some way, kind of show okay what what kind of closing ability does Coach Stuckey have, and that's going to be a big key. And and so like with, with Braylon James, like you were leading for him before he ever stepped foot on campus, right? He was just prone to be, and that doesn't take it that Vince, that doesn't take away from how good of a pickup it was for Coach Stuckey. I'm just saying these next two sure. are going to determine just how good of a the yeah. closer he is at this stage of, uh, of his career. And so we'll see how those two play out.
1: Nate actually had a good question since we're talking about wide receivers, and I wanted to bring it up because we've been hammering the depth issue, mm-hmm. right, at, at wide receiver. And, and Nate says, why not recruit hard on five wide receivers so even if you miss on one, you set yourself up for four in the class, they, and they, if you they, get five, then great.
2: They did. That's what Micah T's was.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Right? No, I mean, it's a it's a very fair question. I think it's a
1: very fair question. Yeah, I, very very fair fair question. Question.
2: yeah I love but it. But yeah. th- they did that. <laughs> they needed four, and there was really five guys that they were really on. It was the two they have, right? So you got Rico. You already had Braylon James. You knew that you had Rico committed, right? Like, you, you felt good about that one. But, you know, Ohio State was lingering. But once Ohio State canceled their visit, I mean, for the last couple weeks, it's it's been over, right? Yeah. Uh, so then it came down to Ronan Hannafin, Jane Greathouse, and Micah Tease. So that's three for two spots, essentially. Now, uh, Nate, they would have taken all five, right? but they needed two. So the strategy you're referring to is a good one. It's just they did that, and they missed on one already. You can't miss on two of the three Correct. is what we're saying. Yeah. So I, I like where your head's at, but th- th- that's already kind of been enacted. Now, what you don't want to do is keep adding another one to that list Right. Because then you run the risk of some of the kids that are out there. You could have got early if you wanted them, you add them and all of a sudden, well, then the kid that you want is like, well, you already you got that kid now. What you know what I mean? Like what what he's kind of like me now and you run the risk of it. So it's just about closing. Right. So you you needed to get two out of three. They they had the miss already. You know, it's kind of like you're in a you know, you're you're in a uh, best out of three, you know, elimination tournament. type, Right, Vince? And you Mm -hmm. lost the opener. Mm-hmm. You got to win the next two. That's right, and that's yeah. kind of where Notre Dame is at with those two receivers. Right. So, and very, the, very good and, question.
1: Nate. And the other thing is, you don't want to just take a body to take a body. Like that. Sure. That's why they didn't well, pull anybody like, in from the right. from the transfer portal, right?
2: right? But like Malik Elzie's not just a body, right? Sure. And that's not what you're saying. He's a good right. football player, but sure. that's kind of the good football player you've been getting. Right. Ronan Hannifin and Jaden Greathouse, to me, raise the level of what you've been getting, and that's the difference. Yeah, and that's why I would
1: say you, you, I would focus more on him. At this okay. point in time. Let's move to the backfield from wide receiver. Let's talk running backs. Obviously, Notre Dame has a commitment currently from Jaden Lamar. They have a couple of other guys on the board. Jeremiah Love, Richard Young, I guess, would be the two mm-hmm. big ones at this point. Where does Notre Dame stand? They want two, if I'm not mistaken. They want two and they've running They've already backs, got one. And they've right. already got one in, in uh, Jaden Lamar. So where do they stand uh, with the running back position?
2: Richard Young's not happening. I think that a big reason why he visited and why Notre Dame was was obviously Dylan McCullough made a great run and Marcus Freeman and all that. But at the time, there was the assumption that Dante Moore was still going to pick Notre Dame. And I think with Dante Moore trending away from Notre Dame, that's hurt with a guy like Richard Young. I'm just being honest. That's the intel that yeah. we had from coming out of this one is he really thought the the idea of him playing with, with Dante Moore was intriguing to him. He liked Coach McCullough. He liked Coach Freeman. As of right now, I, I don't see that one happening. Uh, again, the thing that could work out best for Notre Dame is if the other schools fill up. I I don't think Oregon already has a back. They're in a similar situation to Notre Dame, though. They already have a back. He's not an elite back. He's a good back. He's not someone that's going to necessarily concern Richard Young. And then it comes down to Alabama. Well, we thought Alabama might have a really good shot with Cedric Baxter, the kid out of Florida. Well, he released a top four the other day, and Alabama wasn't in it. So they're now going to double their efforts of, of uh, with Richard Young, I would imagine. And so I don't see that one happening. The other one's Jeremiah Love, who technically isn't a running back. He's more of an athlete that could play running back, receiver, DB. I still like where Notre Dame is at there, but I don't think he's in decision-making mode. And when a kid likes you a lot and he's not in decision-making mode, it usually means because he's still open to other yeah. schools. And I think that's where Richard is. Obviously, Bama's on him. Michigan's on him. Uh, Texas AM and is on him, Oregon's on him, Missouri's on him. So I, I don't think he is necessarily – he has talked about maybe making a decision in summer, he's talked about during the fall. I really don't think he knows where he is right now in regards to a decision, which is fine. Kids shouldn't rush decisions or feel rushed. If a school really wants you, they'll wait. They'll wait for you. That's sure. the way I always look at it. If a school's telling you, hey, if you don't come out by then, we're moving on, that's probably not a school you want to go to because yeah. – you know, they feel like they have somebody else lined up. So uh, he he's not one of my guys that I'm counting as a potential summer pickup for Notre Dame. Not that I don't think Notre Dame is his leader. I think they are. I just think they're the leader, but it, it's there's other schools that are very, in very serious contention. So they're going to have to close out on that one. And, and I'm curious to see how or if they can, and if he decides to take this in the fall. I actually think, Vince, that if he if he decides now, I kind of feel like where Notre Dame is at. But I'm actually not overly concerned about him going into the fall either. Because I feel like by then, Richard Young will have, you know, you'll know you're not with him. But I, I really think this offense for Notre Dame is going to be really good this year.
1: Yeah, I And
2: see. so I'm not overly scared of offensive players taking their commitments into the fall. As long as they don't commit somewhere else, I actually am kind of like, okay, cool. No. Because I think they're going to put a good product. Watch what today.
1: happens. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now, I yeah. could
2: be wrong, but that's kind of why at this point in time, I'm not overly concerned about that. So, I I don't I could I think they do. I think they are the leader for Jeremiah Love, but it's not something where I'm like putting, you know, my next mortgage payment on it. Right. (laughs) Like because I think it could change. And I think the other schools are charging hard and and doing a good job. Michigan's doing a great job with him. You know, Bama's kind of lingering, kind of seeing how things shake out. And then they may pounce on him if they don't get some kids they want. Missouri's working hard on him. So there's a lot of schools making him a priority, and Notre Dame's gonna have to keep doing the same thing and and kind of yeah. ramp up some of their efforts. And to me, when people talk about the fifth receiver, I would rather view that slot as going to Jeremiah Love, in that he can do both. Right. You know, so like if the running back depth chart's loaded, he can help you out a receiver, or if there's a need a receiver, he can help you out a receiver. So I would rather focus on that than a po- than getting a second. Getting him as your second back and then also getting a fifth receiver, I, I I wouldn't love that. I'd rather get Jeremiah Love, see how it goes, and then move on. And maybe get two backs next year if he sure. des- if he ends up moving to receiver. You'll have some time to find out where he fits right. back so If you if you early you a on a lot season, of he might in be in that room,
1: prepared, yeah.
2: Then you can get a second kid next year, right? or twenty twenty five. That's kind of where I look at for that.
1: Yeah, one. I feel very good about the running back room for Notre Dame. And yeah, if they if they only get one and one and a half and, you know, he moves and whatever. I I think Notre Dame is going to be just fine in the running back room personally, but we shall see. Let's move to the other side of the football, Brian. Let's talk linebacker for a moment. Uh, Notre Dame has a commitment from Drake Bowen. Obviously they have a commitment from Preston Zinter, but there are guys still out there, namely Jaden Osbury. Where is Notre Dame at linebacker and specifically with Osbury? I love where Notre Dame is at.
2: I mean, I, I do. I mean, Michigan's done a nice job with him. AM's done a nice job with him. Auburn, obviously, where his brother, older brother, Austin, came, uh, signed with. He'll be a freshman this year at Auburn. They've all done a great job with him. I just think Notre Dame is just way out ahead for him. Now, again, if he takes his recruitment in the summer, into the season, that'll make me a little concerned. Okay. Because it's like when you're way ahead, what's the holdup? Is it is there something you're hoping that somebody else kind of gets in? Are you waiting on Bam? Are you waiting on Georgia? Right, I you know, I always right. get a little nervous about those kind of things. Whereas with Jeremiah Love, the reason I'm not concerned there is because I actually think their name is a leader, but I, I don't think there's like this big gap. So there's still decision making to be made, right? With Jaden Osbury, I kind of view it as, and it's the same thing I feel about Jaden Greathouse. You're way ahead. What's the holdup?
1: Right, right, exactly.
2: And so I think with Jaden, it's more of a, he didn't, he, he he wasn't in decision-making mode going through his visits. I don't think he went into the visits with any thought of I'm committing somewhere. You know, the plan was always go to the fall. Now that those are over, you take some time away, you enjoy your time yeah. with your family. Then you sit down as a family and say, okay, what are we going to do? Sure. Are, are, do you know where you want to go now? Do you want to make that decision now? Do you want to kind of arbitrarily go with the end of the fall? Cause we had maybe thought that was the plan. What's the plan. And I think that's where, The Osburys are now is sort of okay. What do you want to do? And and I think if he decides soon, I love where Notre Dame is at. Sure. If he decides to take it in the fall, I'll feel a lot more nervous about that one. But I think Notre Dame has done a phenomenal job with Aiden Osbury. And part of it is they, they, he's not, again, that's not necessarily a position of need per se. Sure. It, it's it's kind of a want, but it's a little different than the Jason Moore one because I think that even though you don't have a numbers need, I still think the linebacking core can use a, a talent continue another year of a talent upgrade. You've done a great job of that with Drake Bowen. I like Preston Zenter; he's a good football player with a nice ceiling, but he's not Jaden Alsbury. He's not Drake Bowen. He's not Josh Burnham. He's not Jalen. He's not that level of player as of right now. Uh, so to me, and Jaden Osberg gives you such versatility. He can play yeah. rover. He can play will. I just I love it. Don't be shocked if he's a two hundred twenty five pound middle linebacker. I mean, do you think Jaden Osberg is going to have any hard a harder a hard time g- getting to be the same size as Drew White? I don't. Yeah, right. He's a better athlete and he's just a better football player. I don't ideally want him at Mike, but if that's where I can get him on the field, then I'm putting him there. And I think he brings that. Now he's not doing it as a freshman when he's two hundred ten pounds. But could he get there? I, do, I think he could get there. Yeah. But I like him at the two outside spots. I like him at Rover first. And then, you know, especially the way that they've used Rover in recent years as sort of like a a, a space linebacker as opposed to a fifth DB. I really like him in that position as well. So, uh, and then, you know, then you can move him inside a nickel, right? right. Like, so if, if you want to get a, a, you know, a fifth DB on the field, you can move him inside and have him play will, maybe bump your will inside to Mike. And you know, like could you imagine in a couple of years if Notre Dame's nickel package is Jalen Sneed and Jaden Osbury inside, you know, and maybe Drake Bowen rushing the passer or Jalen Sneed in space and Drake Bowen and 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 uh and and Jaden Osbury inside in nickel packages, that's a pretty rangy athletic group of yeah, cover guys. Pretty decent. So, you know, I think those are the things that uh I, I look at and say, Hey, um you know this kid could add a lot to your yeah. linebacker room, and he's a great kid, great fit. I mean, all those things track. So I like where Notre Dame is at with Jaden Osprey. And then, of course, we talked about Samuel Pemba earlier. Yep, he's kind of the a, a hybrid linebacker edge rusher type of position, and uh, Notre Dame's in a good place there in regards to the fact they're in his top group. They're definitely in his top group. I just think as of right now, I think things are trending in up opposite direction of them. But I think that's also partly why Notre Dame decided to wait till November for the official visit. Let those other schools kind of get all their They want to be the last one. That's right. Smart. But let I mean, them use all their, you know, all their he's waiting that
1: long anyway. Be the last one. I mean, I I one right. thing I have noticed in in following recruiting and the manner of which I followed it and talking to you, whoever has that last visit, man, it it, it it's like a courtroom, man. Whoever you hear last. That's a pretty good shot, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, right. and I, I feel real good about Notre Dame in that regard when it comes to that. That's good planning yeah. to have him in there in, in November, you know? Right. As long as he's not one of those guys that's scared away by weather or whatever, and it doesn't sound like he would be, bring him in in November. Let's see right. what's up. And by then, Notre Dame's going to have a lot of wins under their belt, too, right. which isn't going to hurt anything. So right. there is that. You mentioned yeah. – Defensive backfield, there's still one safety on the board, I believe, Mm -hmm. for Notre Dame. That is Caleb Downs. They already have Mm -hmm. uh, a commitment at the safety position from a couple guys, right? Uh, They've got Peyton Bowen, and they've got uh, Adon Schuler in the mix. And uh, Downs, Caleb Downs is still on the board. So where do they stand with Caleb Downs out of Georgia?
2: Same. You know, I think that Caleb (laughs) likes Notre Dame a lot. I do. I think Katem loves Notre Dame. I think he also loves Georgia. I think he also loves Alabama. I think he also loves Ohio state. Uh, A month ago, I'd have said he's staying South. I I just think he's going to stay South. I think Ohio state's surged. Will they be able to get him or not? We'll see. Uh, But I think Notre Dame is third at best for him. And I think they've just never been able to get past that. And I think he loves Notre. I think he likes, there's a lot about Notre Dame. He likes a lot. I just don't think it's going to end up being enough for him to bite the, you know, take that ultimate leap, yeah. so to speak, and say, Yeah, that's I'm gonna turn down known quantities, known entities, yeah, to go to Notre Dame. But that's also one where, like, look, I don't care if he commits somewhere else tomorrow. Uh, keep recruiting him. Yeah. Right. Because again, he's like Jason Moore. He's not a need, he's a want, but he's a he, phenomenal he's a take. He's player. A, he's a
1: take if yeah. he wants to come. I mean,
2: honestly, if 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 let's just say Notre Dame got Jaden Osbury. At that point in time, I don't need to expand the board. Just keep recruiting Jason Moore, keep recruiting Caleb Downs, and keep recruiting Samuel and Pemba and just get who you can get. Yeah. Because after if the if they get Osbrey, there's not another need that they have on the defensive class. Cause let's not forget that their number sixth ranked class last year was built on a phenomenal defensive class. So to me, there's not a need after that. It's more wants. And what you want is elite players. And those guys are elite players. So again, that's not to say you don't still recruit those guys or they're they're uh you're fine if you miss them. No, right. This the step, the final step for the defensive class staff at this point in time, now that they have the corner class filled up, is okay, now let's upgrade our talent level. We don't have any numbers needs anymore. Let's upgrade our talent level. And I think that's what Jaden Osbury and Samuel Pemba and Caleb Downs and Jason Moore were all about, right? So missing on them. It doesn't hurt you from a number standpoint, but missing on them does hurt you when you talk about the need or the desire to be to put the most talented team on the field, right? Every week, no matter who you play, and and they're like that most of the time, but there's still probably about you know maybe four or five teams, maybe that you can look at. I mean, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State for sure. I think Clemson's debatable. You know, yeah. what I mean, we can have a debate. Clemson's better yeah. in some spots, but maybe not I others. Agree. They're debatable. After that, I don't see a team that right now has a better top-to-bottom roster than Notre Dame. The difference, however, is, is there's a – so like saying now, so let's say Notre Dame is fifth. Let's say they're better than – so we said Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Ohio Clemson. State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. So I'd say Notre Dame is fifth. I think the gap between them and four Clemson is pretty narrow. I think the gap between them and Ohio State is narrowing and, and a little more close than, than others think it is. I think Ohio State has the perceived huge jump because of recruiting rankings, but I don't believe that to be true. They have a big jump in certain areas, Notre Dame has a big advantage in other areas. I still think Ohio State top to bottom has a, a a better roster. It's funny there's a bunch of Ohio State just losing their minds. They have no ability to comprehend things most of them. Like they don't understand basic logic, but we went through and kind of did a position by position where I think who has the edge. And I think Notre Dame has the edge in more positions than Ohio State. What they don't understand is, but the difference is it's not just does Notre Dame have an advantage of four spots compared to three. It's what are the three that they have an advantage on Ohio State? And how big is the advantage? And that to me is the is the difference is if Notre Dame had a proven if Tyler Buckner, if Notre Dame fans knew that Tyler Buckner was going to be the 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 player that he was ranked to be, then I think there'd be a lot less consternation about that Ohio State game. Sure. And that's the big difference. You know Ohio State's got a stud a quarterback. You yep. have no idea what Notre Dame has a quarterback other than, well, yeah, he was ranked high and he was really good runner last year and look at his crazy junior numbers in high school. But those don't mean that he's guaranteed to be a great player at Notre Dame. And I think that's the difference. So the, po- the point Vince is after those two, however, to me, there still is a pretty significant top to bottom gap between Notre Dame and Georgia. Now is the gap close enough to where you can still beat those teams on any given Saturday? I think it is. But if you played 10 times, they're going to beat you more than you're going to beat them by a decent number. And and so, you know, and the thing that's frustrating is Georgia, since they last played in 2019, Georgia has widened the gap with Notre Dame talent-wise.
1: That I agree with.
2: Because of how they've recruited and, and the fact that Brian Kelly hasn't taken advantage of the recruiting opportunities that they've had. Right. And so that's the, you know, whereas Notre Dame is kind of, you know, Clemson's kind of fallen off a little bit. Ohio State's kind of where they were. Bama's where they were. Georgia has surged talent-wise. Now it's about Notre Dame playing catch up. So the point is, the gap between Notre Dame and number two is to me greater than Notre Dame and like number eight. Sure, you know there's a there's a so Notre Dame still has to pull away from the teams behind them, but there's work to be done, and that's what Jason Moore is. That's what Samuel Pemba is. That's what Caleb Downs is. Right, and and so to me, that's why you still recruit those guys, even though they don't they aren't numbers needs. Sure. They are significantly better players than what you normally recruit, and that's why they're going to stay on them. And it's
1: also why they should continue to recruit the quarterback. Oh, look at Mr. Segway. (laughs) Look you are, Mr. Segway. So that is the next position that we are going to talk about. I I saw some stuff in there about Dante Moore, CJ Carr. Can I just put something out there? If if Dante Moore commits to Notre Dame, CJ Carr is not decommitting. Right. So, that was a question way back when in the chat. That's not going to happen. So, I just want to put that out there. CJ Carr is a very committed player to Notre Dame. Okay? So, let's dispel that rumor. So, quarterback, Brian, 23 class. There isn't one. Will there be one? And what do you see?
2: I, I, right now, with everything that I've been told and everything I've heard, I fully expect Notre Dame to sign a quarterback in 2023. Okay. And it won't be CJ Carr. As of right now, as we've said all along, and this is as of two days ago, I I don't anticipate CJ Carr reclassifying. I think his focus right now is on the 24 class playing the next two years of this high school team, which I hope he does because I want him to have that time. Me too. And so by the end of the month, you should have a much better read on that. You should have a much better read on where Dante Moore is and his decision-making process, and I think that is when you could see Notre Dame start to kind of reach out. Now, I do know that Notre Dame has, has had some conversation with some kids, just preliminary, but there hasn't been like a heavy, heavy pursuit of anybody yet because I, I do still think there are some at Notre Dame holding out hope that that they can still get Dante Moore, even though as of right now, like I said, that's it's not trending in that direction. So I do anticipate there being a quarterback in this class. It's just who, what, what, what will it be? Just a, a sort of a numbers fill, right? Mm-hmm. Like a depth guy that you could. I mean, there's Notre Dame. There's no doubt Notre Dame will get a quarterback if they want one. Right. It's just the question is, is how good will that quarterback? be? Sure, get? absolutely. And that's that's the question that that and they have to decide somewhat quickly because kids are starting to, you know, Austin said for example. Uh, he's a Baylor commit. You, I don't know if you can wait till the season for him. I think he wants to decide sooner than that. Uh, there's other kids on the board. You know, I, I've heard that Notre Dame, gonna, Dante Moore might might make a run at a kid like Brock Glenn, but I think he wants to decide soon. And, and I, you know, again, I don't know if he's a kid that you could necessarily flip. So there's a lot of kids out there that I like. There's a lot of kids that are flippable. It's just about how good will that player be sure. uh, when it's all said and done. And I think that's the only question mark. But I do anticipate Notre Dame having – they will have a quarterback in the 23 class, even if it means C.J. Carr decides after this junior season. Like, let's say C.J. goes out and just dominates this year, and he's like, you know what, man, I'm ready for this. Uh, And he says, you know what, I want to reclassify. And that's a completely 100% hypothetical situation for argument's sake. Okay, Then he's in the 23 class, and he counts towards your rankings, and he counts towards your 23 depth chart. It is what it is. If he decides not to and he says, you know what, I'm, I want to see this next two years through, yep. which is what we think he's leaning towards right now, then they'll go sign somebody else. What I can't guarantee is that it'll be a top 100 or top 200 player. That I don't know. Right. That I can't guarantee. And that, they'll have that, a quarterback. In this yeah.
1: Time. And that's, a, I mean, being honest, it's a miss. I mean, if, if they can't if yeah. they can't bring in a top-level quarterback, yeah. that's a miss you know and yeah i'll be very disappointed if that's the case i realize it may possibly be trending in that direction and i get that for all of the reasons that are out there but it's still disappointing it's still a miss Mm -hmm. it's still um a big hole in the 23 class for me personally so yeah. hopefully they can rectify that but it's not one thing i'm gonna hold my breath on at this point yeah so, okay, Brian, let's turn our attention to 2024 and kind of where things stand, you know, in the near future. Obviously, there's a lot of time. These guys are preparing for their junior seasons in high school. I can't believe we're talking about 24 kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yes, we've already got some in the class. And Five. I know, which is nuts. Yeah. But where do things stand uh, with our with our guy CJ Carr recruiting the heck out of that class right now?
2: Well, I mean, that's really where, where we're seeing is he's putting in a lot of work. Right? <laughs> right. And and I think right now, right now, I don't see anybody. Now, look, I'm not saying somebody said early, uh, somebody said on the board, I think I'm trying to remember, I think it was theirs. You no, know, Brian said that they're they're not going to get any more kids this summer. I didn't say that. I said, I don't know of any kids they're going to get this summer. Uh, some kid may decide tomorrow. Uh, right. If you'd asked me at the beginning of June, you know, before ours invasion, is Jack Larson going to commit to Notre Dame? I said, that's possible. Is Cam Williams going to commit to Notre Dame in, in this summer? No, no, not happening. But he did, right? I mean, so things right. change. So, but I don't know of anyone right now that's going to commit this summer. I think right now the nice thing is because Notre Dame is so close to being done, you get Christian Gray and you get Mike Micah, Micah Bell in a short period of time. So, like, they've had him in the class less than a month, right? Uh, silently and now publicly they've had him for less than a week. So now if you're Mike Mickens you are ramping up your efforts big time on next year's class. And that's great. I mean there's big time kids on the board, you know. If you're if you're Chris O'Leary, you're continue to recruit the heck out of Caleb Downs, but you're shifting your focus is now sure. shifted from a number standpoint of 2024. Chancey Stuckey, if he can close out in July on Ronan Hannafin and Jaden Greathouse, which is the goal, then you can shift all your focus on 2024 and getting the Micah Hudson's and the you know Emmett Moseleys and the Ryan Wingos and those kind of guys, right? And that's the that's the focus. Same thing with Dylan McCullough. Harry, he stands already able to start shifting his focus on next right. year's class.
1: His class which, is full, yeah.
2: Which I think will take some time. I think they'd like to see how those guys play their junior years and stuff like that. Why so Especially a position like offers?
1: offensive yeah. line. I mean, there's a lot of development yeah. that happens between yeah. your sophomore and your junior year. Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. Because
2: there's two ways to go with it. Number one is some of the guys who are still developing, how do they jump as yeah. juniors? And then guys like Peter mm-hmm. Jones, who are already so big and strong, does he stagnate? Is right. he the same guy on, as a junior that he was as a sophomore? That may tell you that this kid, this kid is kind of already peaked, right? And and or he can go out as a junior. Like, okay, he took another jump. This kid's right. still growing as a player, right? And those are the things that you you want to be careful. You don't jump too early because that's the that's the position I get most nervous about. Sure, showing up soon. Sure, yeah. And, and so um that's kind of where I'm at with that one. So, uh, you know, again, linebacker. It's Jaden Osbury, Samuel Pemba, and then 2024. defensive line it's jason moore in 2024 i mean they're really in a unique position and and they because they filled up so quickly with high level players they are in situation now in my opinion to where they can focus even more on 2024 while other schools are still trying to fill up in 2023 sure and that's a very unique position to be in and not one um, that notre dame has been in in a
1: while you know
2: Defensively, they, they yeah, like they, they one years there are some years they're they're in that position offensively. Some years it's defensively, but right now they're they're in a position where they can kind of do both. Yeah. So I um, I think that's kind of that's kind of how I look at it, Vince. Is I think that they're they're really in that position on both sides of the ball, and in my opinion, with for the for the most part, which put you in a position where you say, okay, now it's about stacking those class. This is what we're gonna keep, you're gonna hear us talk about this a lot. For Notre Dame now it's about stacking these great classes on top. You're right. not gonna go out there and become Bama because you had a great 2023 class. Right. You you may just be LSU then you may have that one great right. year when these guys are all juniors and seniors, but then after that you're gonna fade off. You know, you you may be Clemson where you have that really brief window of from 16 to 18 and then 19 you kind of faded and then 2020 you got blown out in the playoff and I mean, if you think about it, Clemson's last two postseason appearances have not been overly competitive. They got whooped pretty good by LSU, which, I mean, I think everybody was going to get whooped yeah. year. But they, they got whooped.
1: But and right. in 2020,
2: Ohio State flat destroyed them. Yeah. And then last year they faded. I mean, so so do you want to have that really good two, three-year run, which I would we would all enjoy. I was going to say, I'll take if it. Notre Dame was Your Clemson titles? from 15 to 18, <laughs> I would gladly take that. Yeah. But, but the goal is to do it to where you're Bama. You, you want to be doing it every year, Absolutely. you know, or, or Ohio state who even in the down years, Ohio state's like 11 and two right? And playing exactly. in the Rose bowl. That's where right. you're trying to get to, you know? And, and so to do that, it's stacking them on top of each other. Right. And, and that's where they got to get to. And that's why 24 is important. But, but because you are, because you did so well in this year's class, they're really in a position and like, think about it at, at running back tight end, Offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, and cornerback, they go into the 2024 cycle without a need for numbers. What I mean by that is is they're not like behind from a number standpoint. So they gotta load up and just boy, we gotta get five linemen this year, or we have to get four receivers, or we have to get three corners, right? It's about, hey, we're good. Let's just go get our normal get number of you know, two corners a year sometimes three you know four offensive linemen a year sometimes three sometimes five and you can take those
1: big swings because yeah
2: right so when that's a great point vince so when you like explain that because you're 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 you were getting ready to say what i was leading to which is the big swing
1: part is when you're not shooting for numbers you're shooting for what vince you're shooting for impact players that's That's what you're shooting for and when you when you only when you need two every year, for example, you shoot for those big guys, right? And maybe you hit one, maybe you hit two, and then you're good. And those now that becomes an impact class. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say you miss on both. Well, then you go get guys that are really good, you know, that are going to be fine at Notre Dame, et cetera. But then that kind of puts you in a position the following year. Okay, well now let's go get some big time guys. Yeah, it just it allows you to take those big swings every year as opposed to, man, we need to get like four guys and we're going to have to just spread a wide net and make it happen the way we get those numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Now you can take those big swings and you can start landing some of those impact guys and then you get impact right. classes. And that's where it gets exciting.
2: Right. And that's where they're at. And that's that's how Bama has been able to do what they've done is they they loaded up in like 08, and 09. And after that, it was just, let's go get the best players yeah. we can because we yeah. don't necessarily need numbers exactly and that's kind of where notre dame uh it's where notre dame is that's where they need to continue to get to and that's, that's the what part. the focus on is 24 right. like like d line right like you're in a position now where you lose out on jason moore and you don't have to panic and go rush to take a body exactly or a guy that's a nice player like somebody said like maybe they could circle back to the indianapolis kid that went to lsu you don't need him he's a good football player it's a really nice pickup for lsu lsu had a really good weekend recruiting defensive line they got three kids that are really good football players but if you're not, you don't need that kid. All right. That's why you didn't offer him. You are good with where you're at. If if you don't get Jason Moore, you're fine in regards to numbers. So now it's focused on getting Justin Scott and Elijah Rushing and guys like that. Like if and they've already got two already in the class. That's the other thing. They already have right. two already on board. Right. So you, you know you have your big end, you know you have a nose tackle, d three technique, three technique type. So now go out and 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 say, you know, get get Elijah Rushing. Get Justin Scott, right? Get Jason Rosh or or, or or Nigel Smith, like those kind of impact players. That's what my focus would be on. But hey, look, sure. Elijah Rushing. Here we go, man. This is why we need you, Justin Scott. Here we go. We didn't get Justin, Jason Moore. You know, we we need you even more now. And and I think that's one probably that I'm 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 feeling best about right now as far as feeling like Notre Dame is definitely sitting in pole position is with when you look at Justin Scott, big part of it is. And he's a Chicago, he's a high academic
1: Chicago kid. That's right. I that mean, come on. <laughs> Notre Dame. Notre Dame. You can't win that more. one. You exactly. know, boy, you know, we yeah. got some problems. That's Notre Dame's right. backyard. And that's a profile that Notre Dame obviously looks for. So, right. Yeah. That's right. your, that's, that's what you want right there. No question right. about that. Yeah.
2: Michael, Michael Johnson says it well, Vince. He goes, keep stacking gap closes where you want, not need. Exactly. And that's, that's where you're trying to get to. They're yep. not there yet. Cause receiver in 2024, there's, there's needs there, yes, right. Like numbers wise, you there's needs there. Yep, uh, safety. There's numbers needs there. You have a great safety class, and you don't want to just take a third safety just to take a guy, but you do need to make sure you get at least two next year, right? You know, and I think so. There are still some positions where there are still those numbers needs. It's just there's so much fewer now where they were always in position where they had to take a kid that maybe wasn't a great player because they had a numbers need. Well, then. That hurts you two years from now, right? When you, when you've caught up numbers wise, but you need impact players, but you can't focus on impact players because you're still chasing numbers, right? And and that's that's where you kind of get into a, a, a tough spot, and, and they're they're quickly getting out. They're they're in year two of that on defense, right? They're really kind of in year one and a half for offense, putting that together because you you didn't have the kind of class overall you should have had last year. And you weren't able to stack it like nineteen is like mm-mm, hasn't turned out to be so great. Twenty, you know, you got some really good players, but you're short on numbers again. You don't have anybody on the roster left at receiver. I mean, all this, you, know, you only had two offensive linemen. Yeesh. Now you landed some impact players, right? I mean, you got Chris Tyree, impact player, no doubt. You know, you, you you got some guys in there that you got that. What's that kid's name that plays tight end? Number eighty-seven, Michael Merritt, pretty good. Oh, what is it again? Right, oh, you guy, got yeah, you yeah. got him right. So That's he's pretty him. good player, yeah. but the numbers weren't there. Right. So then you had to make up for numbers in twenty twenty one by taking guys like Pat Coogan and maybe some guys that you otherwise wouldn't have taken because you had misses in that class and you had numbers problems because you only signed two the year before. Right. They're still playing catch up on offense.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently.
2: They've pretty much caught up the last two years on defense. So now looking at 2024, it's all impact players, impact players, impact players. Really, it, with the exception of, again, I think numbers are still – you can't fall short of numbers next year at safety, but you're still, you're still going to be in a position where you can focus on impact, in my opinion. And that's ultimately where you need to be, right? Because as we said before, Vince, that's what Bama has been doing for years. That's what Ohio State's been doing for years. That's what Georgia's right. been doing since Kirby got hired. <clears throat> you know, it's and, and Clemson too. Clemson's classes are different. They're not the highly ranked top three or four classes more often than not. I had some clown Ohio State fans like because he listened to a show. He's like, "Oh, Clemson's built their roster on top five classes. and I just went through and calmly showed him how they hadn't signed a top ten class, top five class until two years ago, which has built the, their two highest ranked classes just. Made up their team that just went ten and three, you know. But but they're recruiting really good classes in regards to team building. Sure, Forget the exactly. recruiting ranking sports, team that's what building we talk about. But yeah, they've exactly. been stacking those classes on top of each other, mm-hmm. and that's what the best teams do. And that's the reason ultimately why I'd say you could argue. You, I would, I would, if I had to make a ranking right now of where teams are with their rosters, I'd still put Notre Dame fifth, even though I do think Clemson is debatable. Sure, right. But the sure. reason I put no argument there. behind Clemson and Al- I mean, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson is because I'll stack Isaiah Foskey up against Alabama's best guy. Right. They're different. But but the difference is, is they have Dallas Turner number two. They have, you know, these other guys three, four, and five, right? I'll stack Cam Hart up against anybody's best corner. But then they're number two. They're number 3 their number four are better, right? And that's – you know, that's kind of where you kind of get into this conversation of that's where Notre Dame's got to continue to rebuild. Some positions, they are there. Others, they're not there yet. And that's why 24 is going to be super, super important
3: for Absolutely. Notre Dame
2: in regard to to that bigger picture long-term push for uh, Notre Dame to, kip, kip, to get to that point where they're not only playing for championships, but they're winning championships. Absolutely. And that's and the that goal.
1: Consistently, you know. Right. Continuing that being right. in the conversation every single year. That's the goal. That's right. Right. Okay. What do you say we get to a little bit of Let's mail- do it. it's a little daily Let's do it. mailbag here, Brian? Connor Patton with the super chat. Thank you very, very much, Connor. Good to see you back in the chat. Let's say the coaching staff decided to try and flip a 23 quarterback. Who would be a good candidate?
2: I mean, there's a lot of guys on the board right now. I'm going to put something up. I was asked to kind of hold off on on throwing out a bunch of names just yet, so I'm going to continue to hold off on that. But there's a lot. The thing is, is I'll say this, Connor, is Austin Novosad is a name we've mentioned because his name's already out there. And he he put it out there. I mean, he said said he's talked another name, right? right. So, I mean, it is what it is. Right. Uh, There are some other guys I know that they're looking into, but, again, I still think right now they're focused on finishing things up with Dante Moore and seeing where that where that kind of, uh, you know, where that kind of goes. But by the end of the summer, we're going to start hearing, if Dante Moore picks someone else in July, then I think we're going to see them start to move on some guys. But there's a lot of guys out there, and that's the nice thing about this being such a deep defensive or quarterback class.
1: It is deep, Is
2: there are going to be some guys out there that you can flip or that they are going to still be uncommitted. And some of these kids that like schools, they should probably maybe hang on a little bit and kind of see, um, you know, where some of these quarterback – dominoes fall and then because once some of these schools like georgia notre dame get through the end of the summer and then i'm a quarterback all of a sudden you know so like don't rush into committing to texas a&m or missouri or somebody like that like hey if you think you're that good then you know bet on yourself and go yeah. into the season uncommitted and then all of a sudden notre dame and and you know georgia and some of the other schools ohio state you know although i i think ohio state might get a quarterback this summer I just don't know if it'll be Glenn or if it'll be Austin Novasad or whoever. But let's say they don't, you know, hey, you may want to, you may want to hold off, and then those schools kind of come calling for you, if that's your look. Unless you find a place you love, right? Like that's the other thing is if if you fall in love with Baylor, go to Baylor, right? Right. I mean, you know, if you fall in love with, I don't care, Central Michigan, go to Central Michigan. I'm just saying, like, if you're not sold, don't don't jump on a thing because you have to take a spot, right. Right, and I think there will be enough kids out there because it happens every year. There's enough kids like that to go that that bet, bet on themselves. Yeah, or they'll be and a have kid a great senior and, season right. or whatever. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's yeah. just odd that it's a quarterback and it, it's Notre Dame because right. quarterbacks usually the first ones in the class to kind of right. go. So right, it and I so I understand the angst right. by Notre Dame fans. Sure, I I get it, man. I, just be I, a little
2: bit patient, just a, yeah. a little bit longer, and yeah. and it'll start to it'll start to make it'll start to become clear. Absolutely. And I, like I said, I just wanted to kind of start it off with that one, Vince, because I know. No, that's uh, smart. You know, we, yeah, we we appreciate the super chat. Absolutely, but it's just, another. Yeah, it's just sometimes you know you get asked to not say something, you
1: you honor that because it. otherwise Absolutely. you won't get anything else from your sources. Wade Garrett with a super chat, thank you very much, Wade. Hey guys, with regards to gap closing, how many classes like twenty three do we need to close the gap, assuming coaching and play on the field? reflects it that's a great question we kind of touched on that a little bit brian but it's yeah. more than it's gotta, one it's got to be annual. annual i mean it's not about it's, more there's not a number wait right. this is a i right.
2: love this question from wade this is a great question yeah but my answer is i don't think that you need to say okay you like if i were to say three i think three is what's needed to get notre dame to that level then you right? gotta so sustain it though 23 yeah. 24 25 you know, you do those and all of a sudden you got a nice four or five year window where you're going to be really good because, you know, 21 brought the offense, 22 brought the defense. Right. So do you get like three, you know, this 24 and 25, you're going to have a nice four or five year window where you're going to be really good. But is that your goal it, or is your goal to become a, a, you know, to be like, what's the standard? The standard's Bama, sure. Bama. Yes. Right. And what they've been since oh nine. You know, and and that's where you want to get to. Now, is anyone else gonna repeat what Bamba did? Probably not. But you still you still shoot for it because Absolutely. if you fall short, you still get you know three titles instead of six, right? Or or you know what I mean? So, like what you don't want to be is LSU 2019. Now, would I trade that for what Notre Dame has been the last five years? Yeah, I'd trade that for the title, but think of all the the crap that's been around that 2019 season, right? Your goal is to be consistently good. And way to do that, it's 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 three, right? Right. Or I would say you could also make the case that the three includes 2022. Because even though they fell short on some offensive numbers, they that was a their best class since 2013, Vince. I mean, by far. And there's some elite players in that class. So if if 22 23, and if 24 matches 23, Notre Dame's gonna be really good. And, and, but you're getting a situation where you really need to kind of stack it up. So, if you want to be good beyond that, right, then what they're doing now needs to become the norm.
1: Yes. That's and exactly then what right. you'll
2: get into is there's some years where you finish like seventh or eighth in recruiting because you only signed 16 guys because you're bringing everybody back and that's okay. But then the next year you sign 25 and you're back up to number two or three. But it's really about recruiting at this elite level consistently
1: exactly. because
2: that's what Bama's going to do. That's what Georgia's going to do, and that's what Clemson's going to do, right? That's what Ohio State's going to do. They're going to keep doing this every year, and Miami's putting together a heck of a class. They're surging with Mario Cristobal. There's going to be other I, – I, look what Texas is doing with, with Coach Sarkeesian. They, sure. Despite having a losing record last year, they finished with a number five class in the country, and they're probably going to finish with a number five class again. So it's not just about chasing Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson you got it. You got some cats chasing you and they're closer to you right now than you are to Bama. And so that's why it's just, it's about, again, it's stacking. And if they, if they land a great 24 class, we're going to say the same thing about 25. And if they land a great 25 class, we're going to say the same thing about 26. That's what you do to make sure that you don't have a Lou Holtz run. And I love coach Holtz, but let's be honest. His, his window was six seasons right? And then they faded. And then it was 20 years of, you know, obscurity. You want to get this hmm. sucker rolling and, and keep it that way. And that's why you
1: need to stack them on top of each other. Another super chat this time from Chris. Thank you very much, Chris. How much do you put into player rankings versus team rankings? Example, Bama with 10 commits averaging 94.5, but ranked 19th. Seen more talk about this recently. Thanks.
2: It's a it's a good thing to focus on now when teams or classes are still being built. I don't care as much about it at the end. Because at the end of the day as you said, well we got we had more high level ranked guys than you did. Well you only signed 13 guys. Yeah, but we had okay, but you don't have enough to field a team. You know what I mean? You signed the best quarterback and great receivers, but you still don't have an offensive line. Like, you know USC, right. highly ranked class. They've got a five-star quarterback, big time receiver, they just got beat for another big time West Coast offensive lineman. Pick Miami, kid from Hawaii who's at IMG. Pick Miami, you know. And and so it's it, you can talk to me all you want about USC having higher rankings right now, but they can't put a team on the field.
1: Exactly, they're you gonna have one me?
2: heck of a seven on seven right, squad. Right. <laughs> so I think when you look at a team like Bama, Bama will see. Here's the thing: of Bama, Bama will maintain that that average, but they'll keep doing it as they add more to it. That's the key. Whereas like, you know, you look at Texas Tech spent a little bit as the number one ranked class in the country on rivals. Right. Let me go see where they are right now, because I know they've they've definitely faded They had a, you know, a couple kids decommit. But let's see where Texas Tech is right now. They are now down to number eight, 23 kids. Right. So the closer you get to being done, you start to see that stuff. Balance out, and that's what happened in Notre name all these years, Vince. Is they would be highly ranked early because they'd fill up so early, right? But there was, you know, a bunch they were, of they were stacking were... numbers as opposed yeah. to really good. And they kids, had some guys like, at the yeah. top, but they just sure. the depth wasn't as good. The amazing thing about this class is if you look at rivals, for example, Notre Dame has 19 kids committed, 18 of them are either four or five star players,
1: yeah.
2: You know, I mean, Texas is ranked number three, they have 13, they have five three star kids. Now, again, that doesn't mean those kids can't play, I'm just making the point. If you're someone who looks at recruiting rankings, you know, the and forget that. Screw recruiting rankings. Just look at the film. Right. The quality of Notre Dame's depth is so much better than what it's been in the past. And that's just as important. If you're not going to land as many elite players as those schools, you better make sure that you can match up with them at seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. And that's where Notre Dame's fallen short a lot. Of years. I'll say this again. I'll take Notre Dame's five best players in 2020, 2012 and stack them up against Alabama's five best players. I mean, Zach Martin, Tyler Eifert, Manti, Lewis Nix, Stefan Tuitt. I'll take those five and stack them up against anybody Alabama had. The difference is Alabama Bad. dominated Notre Dame at six through 20. Exactly. Right? And that's, that's the, exactly. everything else. Yeah, That's the difference. Yeah, you're right. And that's where Notre Dame has got to continue to, to get better. And you're like, absolutely right. Yeah. 2015 is another example. Will Fuller, to me, was as good as anybody. Will Fuller, Jalen Smith were as good as anybody Ohio State had that year. You know, Jalen got hurt, but Nick Bosa also got kicked out of that game, or Joey Bosa got kicked out of that game. So just from a specifics of that game, they kind of negated each other, right? Right? It, it, but Will Fuller's as good as anybody obviously had. But they had yeah. like five dudes that were kind of like right. that. And Notre Dame had one. And I'm not talking about just receiver, because they, they didn't have a great receiver class that year. I mean, Michael Thomas has turned out to be a really good player, but Will Fuller was the best receiver on the field that day. I'm talking about like you look at their Eli Apple and – you know gary conley and von bell um, you know what i mean like they could absolutely just, yeah they could just overwhelm you they could, they could they could easily take chris brown and, and amir carlisle out of the game with a, with a dude and then they could focus numbers on will fuller but if you have will fuller on one side and chase claypool on the other side and you know what i mean and then that's how you that's how you get it to where sure. you can then go not just be competitive in those big games but start to win those
1: big games yeah Another super chat from Ian Johnston. Thank you very much. Could Dabo have similar success elsewhere? Yeah, I think so. Somewhere south. south. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, He's I a think so. guy. He's a southern guy. Yeah.
2: And that's not a shot at him. No, that's I mean, just, it's a just
1: fact. I mean and I like think he probably agree with, with you. you. Right.
2: It's like why Tom O'Brien made a huge mistake going to NC State. Like, dude, you're you're a you're a northeastern guy. Like, Rand, you need to you need to stay there. You know, Randy yeah. Ensel does a great job at UConn and he goes to Maryland and all of a sudden he forgot how to coach football. Well, he didn't forget how to coach football. It's just his style of play fits there. Right. I think ba- I think Dabo's style of coaching works really well at some places. Had he – let's just say Saban would have left. Let's say Saban didn't have success and Dabo got hired at Alabama. and would he, would he have won the way Saban did? No. Would he have won the way he did at Clemson? I think so.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I
2: think so. Uh, so yeah, I think Dabo could have won elsewhere. I do. Because again, what, what, why, why did he have success? He's a genuine guy that kids love and respect. They want to play for he's a great recruiter and he, and for most of his tenure, he's been pretty good at putting a staff together. Mm -hmm. Recently, I've had some kind of questions about that. Like he's filled it up with just a bunch of former players and we'll see if that works or not. But you know, he made some hires after the 2011, uh, debacle against West Virginia that I thought really helped him start to turn the program around. You know, bringing in Chad Morris, as offensive coordinator, he kind of got that offense rolling. Him and Ch- Taj Boyd did some really fun things, beat LSU in 2012, beat Ohio State in the Orange Bowl in 2013. Then he leaves to take a head coaching job. Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott were a really nice combination. You know, his own line coach was there for a long time, really quality coach. Brent Venables, he takes him from o- after Oklahoma fired him. That turned into be a great hire. So he's made some really good staff hires and guys that can recruit. And, and uh, you know, I think he would have done similar things at other places. I do think Dabo would have had some success at other places. But uh, they would have all been south of the Mason-Dixon line, sure. basically.
1: Agree, yeah. yeah. Yep, yeah. I agree with you completely. It's an interesting question. Very interesting question. I, I like stuff question. like that. Yeah. Jordan Schreiber has a question. He says, excited for the recruiting update. Endy is killing it on the trail. Fired up about three more silent commits. When do you think they go public? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So
2: um we'll 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 get into that. Like I said, when kids want to tell us when they're when they're willing to commit and when they're gonna go public, they're gonna go public. And so um right as of right now, they have not said when they are gonna go public. So we're not gonna say. Some of them haven't decided. Like there's one kid I know of that has a date in mind, but he doesn't want it out there yet, so we're not putting it out there. And we're not hinting about when it'll be either, because that's not our story to tell.
1: July third.
2: july july 2nd was one i know that people were hoping that they would get a guy for but it didn't materialize yeah you know but yeah i i don't i don't um you know when generally i like i said i do think at least two kids are going to go public in july i do think at least two are going to go public in july and i don't feel like i'm betraying anybody's confidences
1: in saying that at this point in time
2: <laughs> Question for
1: Scotty Nitro. The the world famous Scotty Nitro, all of NB has been killing it lately. They are as hot as ND recruiting. Thanks. Yeah. Man. That's yeah. Awesome. somebody uh
2: I see you are with with Irish luck. Like Gold made a mistake going to Miami. That's a great point. It's a great example. I really liked Al Golden as a coach. Yeah. I thought because I, you know, my fear was I was afraid he was going to end up at Penn State. Oh, and I thought he was going to do a, a great a really job cool at Penn State. alma Mater, he's a northern guy. Like yeah. uh, He'd have recruited really well there. I was like, man, I'm glad he didn't wait. Because w- what was it like? Um, I'm trying to think. When when was Bill O'Brien hired at Penn State? I'm trying to remember. Uh, let me let me look it up real quick. Because I know Coach Paterno was there for like 11 and 12. He got hired in 2012. I don't know if Al Golden would have taken that job. But if he would have maybe stayed at Temple, I'd Pretty confident he would have maybe got the job. I'm that, not maybe. I'm kind of confident he would have got the job over James Franklin. If he would have stayed up in the north and still been building Temple or something like that, Vince, you know what I mean? Like when O'Brien left after 13, I think he'd have got that job. But he took the Miami job, which is a a great job if you're someone like him and you think about he grew up in the 80s. He played college football in the 80s and 90s. like my that Miami's a dream job, you know what I mean? But he wasn't a fit there and the program was a dumpster fire. And he what he didn't have the the all the different things needed to kind of turn that thing around uh, the way that Mario Cristobal can, who is from there. You know what I mean? And so, yes, that's a great example, Vince, of someone who was a really good football coach who made the who went to a place where he just wasn't a fit, in my opinion.
1: Super chat here from Christopher Morgan. Thank you so much. Nothing football related. Just wanted to say hello and hope that all IB Nation had a great fourth. I think I gained like three pounds on steaks and ribs plus do CD. Oh, Mountain Dew CD, code red. I don't know about that last choice, but the rest I'm on board with, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get down to
2: a couple more here, Vince, before we got to wrap up. I know you got to get rolling. I just got a couple more here. Um,
1: Here's from Salty Virginia Peanuts. Our buddy, his uh, question with the apparent absences of their aspirational recruits, more, more freeling. Are they on track for 85 scholarships or are they still over the number? As of right now, they're still over. Um, I think that, like, you know, yeah,
2: that's where I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. But yeah, I think they'll be fine. They'll be down to 85 by the time the season starts. I just don't know if they're going to be in a position to get down enough to be able to take somebody new. Um, that I don't think they're there at that point in time just yet and and this is kind of uh, leads into that next question from jim Haller and vince he says where's notre dame at scholarship numbers is how is interior d line looking they're still at 86 publicly I, I think they'll be down to 85 before the season starts interior d line i think they're good there i mean you've got jacob lacy you got jason adamiola you got howard cross coming back as regulars uh, gabriel rubio's an ascending player i really like jason onye's future uh, we, we get, get Aiden County Anna's out for the year. Obviously, that's an issue. You could play Alexander Aaronsberger. You could play Riley Mills inside. And when we were talking about the interior D line the other day, I completely forgot to mention Chris Smith, the transfer from Harvard. So he's oh, going to be yeah. a part of the roster this year too. Oh, so too. numbers wise, and and you know, player. I mean, do they have anyone that could be a star after Jason Ademiola? No, I don't think so. They got really good football players, yeah. and I think that's where uh, you know they're in a <clears throat> they're in a position where I think they're going to be able to be pretty good up the middle. They're not going to be like dynamic, like, oh my gosh, you got Jerry Tillery on one side. And so, you know, it's Jason, right. but they're going to be, they're going to be fine there.
1: They're going to be fine there. Mark E. Stewart with a super chat. Thank you very much, Mark. What about Sabin? Had success in the North and the South. Isn't it up to the coach to adjust to the region?
2: Yeah, but that's the unique nature of Nick Saban.
1: <laughs> that's a solid point. You
2: know, because when you look at his coaching career and you look at his background, he's one of the few guys, in my opinion, that's had that's got that kind of thing. And the other thing is, like you could say, Urban Meyer's another one, right? Urban Meyer's a guy that won a title of Florida and won a title of Ohio State, because again, they have different types of personalities. A lot of guys are very unique personalities. It's not every coach, but here's the that's thing: right. you know, is it is it up to a coach to adjust? to a degree, but I mean, is Dabo obviously going to have a different accent and yeah, you can right. make fun of that or whatever. But the reality is, is that, is that why did Brian Kelly try to change the way he sounded down there? We live in the real world here, right? And when people from the North go down South, they get, they stand out like a sore thumb. And when yeah. people from the South go up North, they stand out like a sore thumb and whatever people want to say, they agree or disagree, but a lot of people like hanging around with people that are like them. And, and sometimes sure. it's based on gender. Sometimes it's based sure. on race. More often than not, it's based on these people like the same things I like. They sound like me. We have similar shared experiences and all those types of things. And when someone has a background that's similar to yours, you're going to fit in well. It's also more, for more um, even more so to me, Mark, is more uh, practical, when you've spent your entire career in the South, you know all the top schools. You know all that. You know all the high school coaches. Whereas if you move up north, all of a sudden you're kind of starting over a little bit. Sure. And so that to me is what one of the things that makes it like you're you got to know your personality. And there are some coaches that transcend, but the guys that are doing that are normally like generational coaches. I mean, who are the two examples we can point to? Urban Meyer and Nick Saban. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they're they're just. I mean, his point's valid, but it's like there's a reason Nick Saban's the guy you're pointing to. I could give you names of a lot of other coaches to me that are different, but it's because they are very staunchly like Tom O'Brien was very staunchly Northeastern in his personality. Right. And, and to me, Dabo is very staunchly Southern in his personality. Nick Saban's not right. He's not either because also partly because he's moved around so much in his career. And I think that's, that's an aspect of it as well that you have to really kind of look at and
1: think about. And and, you know, Nick Saban had success at Michigan state, but, to a to a degree. He won his national titles right. in the South. Yeah, right. he was pretty good. It, yes. Correct. I'm not saying correct. he was. And and correct. look, and I will also say if we're gonna talk about Brian Kelly, all of his success came in the north. Sure. Well, and he's never been anywhere. I mean and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, let's see what he does in the south. Yeah. It, it's a different ball game down there. I'm trying to think
2: of how the map would look, but I think Notre Dame is the most southern school Brian Kelly's ever coached in. No, Cincinnati yeah. is. Cincinnati. Cincinnati is.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Cincinnati is yeah.
2: Like, school in Ohio is the most southern yeah. school he's ever coached. At. Yeah, Cincinnati. something like Central Michigan, Grand Valley. Right. You know, no, that Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. But still, But, no. the, but it, it's 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 just one of those things, Mark. Where this isn't true for everybody, but it is true for a lot of coaches. Yeah. Right, and it's not just about northern southern. Sometimes it's like I have this type, and and so, like Howard Schnellenberger to me is one of those unique cases of. Normally, a guy with his personality, you wouldn't think about being successful at Miami. Sure. But he built the U. You
1: oh, know, Jimmy yeah.
2: Johnson built onto it. But Howard Stellenberger started that thing. And, he, he, uh, you know, white-haired guy smoking. I mean, I love some of the stories about how he left his pipe at, what uh, was it Alonzo Heisman's house or something like that? I forget whose house he left it at. One of those running backs from back then. And he, you know, purposely left it. It was part of the U, which was a great documentary, by the way, if you have yeah. never seen it. He did. Huh?
1: to George Costanza, you leave. Yeah. You but, back. you know,
2: but, but it's the thing he had a unique personality that allowed him to have success there. And not all guys have that. Right. And that's the, I mean, and some guys have the personality that's built for it, but they're just not good enough. Manny Diaz resume wise had everything you want from a guy to be successful in Miami, except yeah. one thing, talent. So again, you can always find exceptions, but it just, if you look at trends, that's just tends yeah. to have been how it is. Absolutely. So uh, just last two, and and then we'll get out of here. Here We got one from Irish Chi-Town. Here's one uh, for you, Vince.
1: Do you expect the recruiting services to downgrade some 23 recruits so that Notre Dame doesn't finish number one because of their anti-Notre Dame bias? Always a good question. Uh, Possibly.
2: Possibly. I mean, look, I, I just, to me... I think possibly. I think if they were smart, however, they would want to have Notre Dame ranked higher because it's a bigger story. Yeah. But, you know, I, I wouldn't accuse those people of being that. So let's get to this last one, Vince. I, I want to get to the Super Chat, and then we're going to we're gonna get up out of exactly.
1: here. Logan Hale, thank you so much for the Super Chat. With three guys on the roster listed as fullbacks, do you think we see any traditional power-eye formations, or will they be used as HVACs and tight ends?
2: I don't think – I think we'll see some power-eye stuff, but it'll be more like short yardage goal line. Agreed. I think more often than not, Logan, because this is a great question. If you look at most all the guys' lips as a fullback, they're all walk-ons. Yep, every one of them. But they're good football players. I mean, some of them have been guys that have played special teams for Notre Dame. But it's more of short yardage goal line type stuff. In base looks, we're still going to see them using an H-back and a tight end. Because
1: they're not going to go to the trouble of changing guys' positions to fullback. If they're not going to use them, I, I don't, right. don't think they would have done that. And right. they made a point to give out new rosters during the spring. Right. They had changed some guys over to fullback. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I do think there is some validity to that. Right. It's not going to be at the fifty-yard line in first and ten. Like I don't see that being the case. But some short yardage stuff, yeah, yeah.
2: Unless they're setting something up, right? You know what I mean. Like, Excellent. but yeah, you're not going to see it become like their primary, <laughs> their <laughs> right. primary formation. But yeah, I think it's something that's a wrinkle. And honestly, the way Notre Dame plays, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, me I mean, it, it's as long as it's just used. I would never use a scholarship on it unless it's a guy that can also play another position. But yeah, right. there's there's some value to it the way that Notre Dame runs their offense, no especially. In, so I I still like the idea of getting a lead blocker in short yards and goal lines. I do, yeah, I do, absolutely, I do. I and love. It. They just haven't necessarily had that. Tommy Tremble was, but it's hard to do that with a six foot five guy, right? It just is. So anyway,
1: that's it, Vince. Why don't you take us out of here, man? Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. And I promise everyone that Ryan will be back next (laughs) time. (laughs) It's an hour and a half. (laughs) It is what it is. Um, Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Give us a five-star review. All that fun stuff. Really appreciate everybody joining us today. And we will be back, actually, tonight. Make sure you tune in. For yeah, the- you guys are going to have a very interesting show tonight. Vince, tease that
2: real quick before we get out of here.
1: Already gone over the outline, and I am fired up for tonight's show at 6 o'clock. Me and Sean, we're going to talk. Uh, Sean Sean. No, yep, yeah, I forgot we have multiple Sean's. Sean uh tonight at 6 o'clock, and myself, we're going to talk about the conference realignment. We're going to talk about Notre Dame. We're going to talk about the money. We're going to talk about all that fun stuff, plus more. So please, join in tonight at 6 o'clock. It's gonna be I'll awesome. be listening. I'm really looking forward to it. There's a ton of good stuff and a lot of money that I didn't really know how it all broke down and we're going to talk about it. So, and, and yes, Irish I town, we're going to talk about baseball because there is a name that we're going to talk about that hasn't interviewed for the job. So make sure you guys tune in. We're going to have a lot of fun with this thing. And, uh, and we're also going to talk about grilling and barbecuing and all that fun stuff too. So a little something for everybody. So make sure you guys join in tonight at six. So until then... We'll talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.